Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon. It is Wednesday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So we have learned that game one between the Suns and Clippers on Sunday will be at when, Luke? Five o'clock on Sunday. Five o'clock if, uh, on you know, everybody Sunday. Everybody listened to Sarah's update right there. Boy, we're firing on all cylinders. Nice, guys. Wolf we're ready just, for that. Wolf tried noon to take hour. a shot at me and didn't have his mic on. <laughs> what are you talking about, Luke? Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course, you can hear that game on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. So, how is the team feeling heading into round one against the Clippers? We're prepared. We're going to be prepared. We have practice tomorrow. Guys, there's guys in the gym. They have been in the gym. No matter if they're like sitting and, you know, resting and stuff like that or, you know, they're in the gym. KD and CP was just in the game and just in the gym. I'm talking about a full-fledged workout. Really? Yes. Like today, just yes, now? Just like, today. like just, you know, just today. today. I worked out, then they got on the court and worked out. You know, I'm talking about the old, their whole demeanor, their whole attitude and face race. Everything is just different. Like I said, playoff basketball is 10 times different. So that was Ish Wainwright on Burns and Gambo yesterday. Today, Kellen Olsen released his latest Suns Clippers series preview part three, which has Russell Westbrook as the X Factor. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, outside of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who worries you the most on the Clippers? Eric Gordon, Normal, Norman Powell, Russell Westbrook, or other? I mean, Kellen's story, and I got to read it during one of the breaks, is good. Russell Westbrook probably is overlooked. For me, it's Norman Powell, though. Well, yeah, I would say Norman Powell is somebody could actually come off their bench and light it up from time to time. For me, um, Marcus Morris, if he plays. And, and then Marcus, I'll just go ahead and answer the question for the next round, too. Marcus Morris, when he somehow gets traded to whoever the Suns are playing the next round. <laughs> I mean, and then Marcus Morris in the third round, because he's always on whatever team the Suns are playing. I against. just honestly, right now, I, I believe this is going to be a physical, physical series. And if he's healthy at all, by the end of the week, if he's healthy and ready to go, I think he could be a difference for the Clippers. Again, I don't expect the Suns to lose this series, but I expect him to stir it up. So 38% say Russell Westbrook, 27% say Norman Powell, 26% Eric Gordon, 9% other. LeBron James had 30 points and 10 rebounds, and the L.A. Lakers claimed the seventh spot in the Western Conference playoffs with a grueling 108-102 overtime victory over the shorthanded Minnesota Timberwolves in the NBA's play-in tournament. Your reaction. Well, I can tell you they're loving it on every national show on these TVs in here right now. They're showing Darvin Ham talking about how small people were uh, were looking at their playoff odds of being a couple weeks ago. And um, yeah, whatever, good for the Lakers. I was not impressed by that. I tell you this, I was higher on the Lakers going into last night than I am today. They barely beat a team that didn't have Rudy Gobert or Jaden McDaniels or Carl Anthony Towns couldn't stay on the floor last night. And Anthony Edwards played one of the worst games he'll ever play in his career and the Lakers still barely won. But I, I do I do like their path through the Western Conference if I were a Lakers fan. Yeah. Uh, first of all, a little shout out to the Akin Community Fire Department Station 561. Yeah! 
Give him the wolf howl. As a matter, no, that's all right. Now, don't worry about that. I dropped that on you. Little shout out to my brothers and sisters that are out there right now. Um, <laughs> whoa, okay. There it is, right there for Station Five Sixty One. Of course, the Auction Community Fire Department. Shout out, bro. Okay, um, one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. I, I just honestly, the fouls, the the turnovers, the fact that the Lakers scored nineteen points in the fourth quarter, only to be outdone by the T Wolves, twelve points. 12 points well, and they in the fourth quarter. Nine points for the first 11 minutes and 59 seconds of the fourth quarter. Uh, nine points. It was absolutely brutal to watch. 45 turnovers in the game. So then let's not talk about it. So you know what, honestly? Well, yeah, let's because <laughs> it's the Lakers. The Arizona Cardinals. Began their off-season strength and conditioning program yesterday, and Cards head coach Jonathan Gannon discussed the third overall pick and if he would be cool trading that third overall pick. Absolutely. If that helps the team win, yeah. If the Cardinals do decide to trade the third overall pick, do you think it will come on draft night or before? I think it's going to be draft night. This is just me right now. I, I, I have no, no evidence whatsoever to actually point to and say, aha, that's why I'm saying it's just because I believe the the greatest pressure point is going to be the day of the draft. And because of that, I think it's going to be the day of the draft deal. Day of or during the draft? Day of the draft. Because I think it will happen between noon and 5 on draft day. But I think it will happen on draft day. But I don't think it will happen while they're on the clock. Okay. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, or Adam Schefter shared his opinion on ESPN's NFL Live, the Texans aren't a lock to take a quarterback with a second overall pick. I do think that we have Bryce Young slated to be the favorite number one Carolina. Then Houston's on the clock, and what does Houston do? And it becomes interesting if Houston decides to auction off that pick to somebody who wants to come up and trade for a quarterback at number two, or whether Houston wants to go with a quarterback of its own, or whether Houston wants to go with one of the top defensive players. All I'm saying is, I don't think it's a lock that Houston is going quarterback at two. That's all I'm saying. Could the Texans flip everything on its head? Yes. Absolutely. What are you scared of most? Um... Well, first of all, I'm not scared. I don't splatter. Your face says otherwise. (laughs) Your face looks like you just lost Will Anderson. I don't know what you're talking about, Mel. Okay, I don't splatter easily. Let me just say this, based on what Um, I believe that because the Houston Texans, let's say they love C.J. Stroud. They love C.J. Stroud. They're they're not. They're not in love with Bryce Young. They love C.J. Stroud, and all of a sudden, Carolina picks C.J. Stroud. Now, all of a sudden, that pick might be up for grabs. Absolutely. Let's say they love Bryce Young, and Carolina drafts Bryce Young. They draft Bryce Young. Now, all of a sudden, I, I honestly feel if they love a quarterback and think one of these quarterbacks are special and that quarterback gets picked by Carolina, yeah, I think it's up for sale. You know, at first glance, I would have said, no, it's ridiculous. 
But you got to remember, Houston also has the 12th pick in the draft. So if there's some kind of like outside of that top four quarterback that they like just as much as the second one, like if they like Hendon Hooker, he probably would be there at 12. I'll also say this. We talked to Lance Zerline a few days ago. His mock draft had them taking, I think, Tyree Wilson, actually, number two overall. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Matt Miller last week, and he said he's been told, expect the unexpected at the top of this draft. Check it out. So how many things now, how many signs are there pointing to Houston potentially? I still think they would take a quarterback with their second first-round pick, but maybe not number two overall. Or maybe not. Maybe they're fine just going without a quarterback. Uh, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, uh, when we come back, well, actually, the Phoenix Suns are back in the playoffs. Uh, 5 o'clock on Sunday, by the way. We're giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. So text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 12 o'clock hour. Oh, by the way, that's this hour. 4.30, pregame. <laughs> the 5 o'clock hour uh, for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. That's ticket to 620-620. Again, just do the math. It's 12-12. We have not, uh, we've not not done our hottest ticket qualifier yet so it's happening at some point in the next 47 minutes and 28 seconds we come back do the suns have an advantage over the clippers when it comes to continuity we'll get into that it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader arizona sports the local sports leader wolf and luke Suns run to the playoffs coverage brought to you by canvas annuity score up to 6.25 percent on your retirement savings Welcome back to the show. To remind you that uh, oh, we have the hottest ticket giveaway at some point this hour. We are encouraged that we may be joined by a member of the Phoenix Suns in the final hour of the show. Wolf, I'm not going to say any names yet because we don't okay. know for sure about this particular individual. So. Right. But uh, we'll talk a little Suns right now. Uh, Kellen Olson has now three parts to his uh, his his first round preview series up uh, on ArizonaSports.com. He just dropped the third one this morning, looking at the X factor of the series, who he has as Russell Westbrook. Also, I have the full Suns uh, playoff schedule. You want yeah. to do that first? Let's do that um, first. Yeah, that's good. Because okay, I just emailed it out. So Sunday, 5 o'clock, game one. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, Tuesday at 7 o'clock, still at the Footprint Center, of course. Game two. Okay. Game three, Thursday. Game four, Saturday. Game 5, Tuesday, April 25th. Game 6, Thursday, April 27th. Game 7, if there is one, would be Saturday, April 29th at the Footprint Center. Wow. A little bit different, I think, than a lot of people maybe anticipated for Games 3 and Game 4. Game 3 and 4. So, Game 1, Sunday. Game 2, Tuesday. Game 3, Thursday. Game 4, Saturday. Okay. So, there you have it right there. Well done by you, Loke. Um, How many games do you think it's going to go, Basinonians? That is the question that we'll ask you right now. I I think... This is going to be a competitive series. Uh, I think this goes six games. We'll find out. A lot of it is because of the physicality. And I believe the Clippers and Ty Lu are going to bring an awful lot of physicality on the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. No, I, I'm <laughs> I'm with you. I, I'm trying to, like I said the other day, I don't want to go into this overconfident. I just don't think it's a great matchup for the Clippers. And when you factor in that they don't have Paul George, at least for the start of it, I think the Suns are going to take a very business-like approach. I think they have the more talented roster, and and I'm going to feel that way against 90% of the teams in these playoffs. 
And I think this is potentially a really good series for them to uh, to start to get their feet under them in the playoffs. So it's interesting. You said that Kellen, of course, Kellen Olson, ladies and gentlemen, also known as Killer here at the station. Uh, you're saying he wrote this recent article right now, The X Factor. What is the X Factor of this series? He has Russell Westbrook as the X Factor in the series. Okay. Now, it came out during our show, so I, I've been reading bits and pieces of it okay. during the breaks. The, the part we actually wanted to talk about, because this is part three of his uh, his his son's Clippers uh, series preview, uh, I wanted to talk about part two, because part two he was talking about the advantages that the Suns have. Sure. And one area, and I think this is a great point that he makes, one area that is um, considered right off the top to be a disadvantage the Suns might have. You know, if you're like me, I always I always look at a game like this or a series like this, and I'm like, okay, how many different ways can the Suns win? How many different ways can the Clippers win? And And one of the ways that you would think for the Clippers, you would say, okay, well, you know, They've had their team together. The Suns had to, you know, they went out and they traded for KD and they didn't play and then he, he did, but then he got hurt against it. The, they've played eight games together, right? So that's obviously an advantage for the Clippers. I'm not going to go through all the numbers, but you can see it in Kellen's story. He went through and detailed a lot of reasons why it's not like the Clippers have had a ton of continuity either. You know, they don't have Paul George right now, but it's not just that. Their offense was kind of kind of flatlining, and so they they moved pieces around, and they switched guys into the lineup, yeah. and Norman Powell was hurt for a while. It's not like the Clippers are necessarily built to take advantage of the fact that the Suns are still kind of getting their feet under them. Yeah, it's so funny you, the way that you just broke it down and how you look at it. How many ways do the Suns have to beat the Clippers? And how many ways do the Clippers have to beat the Suns? For me, it comes down to who's got the better roster? Who's the most talented team? And then it goes to who's the toughest team? Who's more physical? Who's going to go out and brawl? And for me, the Suns are more talented and I think everybody would agree that the Phoenix Suns are more talented than the Los Angeles Clippers at this point. I do believe the Clippers are the more physical team, the tougher team right there. Kawhi Leonard, of course, Nicholas Batum, Zabats. You've got Plumlee, uh, Marcus Morris, if he plays, okay, and Paul George, too. Don't rule out Paul George. No. Don't rule him out. You can't rule him out, but... It doesn't sound like he's playing at the start of the series. Correct. And so here's Paul George, since you bring him up, on Podcast P yesterday, talking about uh, an update on his leg. The leg is good, man. I'm uh, I'm making progress. You know, how we when we first was shooting, I was two crutches. Yeah, yeah. Then I went to one crutch. To one crutch. Come on now. I'm no crutch. I'm crutch. No crutch. Now you walking. You look, you look good. Better brace. Better brace. I Do got a again, Ferrari brace. Yeah. Ooh. So that's good news for Paul George. But as far as when he'll actually play again, that's still up in the air. I don't know how so, but uh, no, nah, man, I, I, I've been feeling better. I've been working my butt off. I've been grinding like literally every day, six days out of the week. I'm I'm training. You know what I mean? I'm doing rehab. So I'm going to give it every chance I got, man. This is uh, it's coming down to the wire. Uh, let's win to mince words. Yeah. They need Paul George if they're going to beat the Suns. Yeah. Uh, and now if he misses game one, does that mean the series is over? No. But if you're going to tell me that Paul George is missing the first five games of the series, I don't know if the series is going much longer than five yeah. games. They they need Paul George to have a chance. Yeah, it's interesting, though. Once again, you, you were talking about the X factor, and I know maybe you wanted to talk more about the advantages and the disadvantages. We can I, talk about whatever you want you to talk You have about. to talk about the X factor. And the X factor is not Westbrook, in my opinion. The X factor are the referees and how they officiate, or referee, I should say, this series. That, to me, is your X factor. The playoffs are more physical. 
by everybody's account, anybody that knows the game of basketball knows that the playoffs are a more physical brand of basketball. If the refs let the boys play, as they often do in the postseason, I think this is a big advantage to the Clippers. Now, again, I'm not saying the Clippers are going to win the series because of that. I think it's going to be a much more competitive series because of that. Ultimately, the Suns win. But could I see it going six? Yes. Yeah, it's a good point. That was a, a, a topic of conversation around here for a while. And then Kevin Durant came back, and that kind of went out the window, right? And it was kind of okay. You know, and, and KD even said, like, we can't be getting caught up in that stuff. Remember, they asked him in the post game show, and, and they were like, okay, what do you guys need to fix? And, and instantly, he said fouling. He didn't even have to think about it. Um, but you're right. If you're looking for areas where the Clippers could potentially give the Suns some problems, they they like to play physical. I would imagine they're going to ramp that up against the Suns because I think that they are dealing in reality and they know that they probably only have one path to beating this team four times. Yeah, it's not a it's not a best of one. It's a best of seven. So they're going to have to do something like that. And and if they are enabled to do that by the officiating in the playoffs, which like you said, is just kind of the way it goes in the playoffs usually. That um. That, that can hit the Suns a couple ways. That can hit the Suns in the sense that it allows the Clippers to play the game they want to play. But then does it also hit the Suns because it frustrates the Suns? Because to me, the only way they lose this series, assuming everybody stays healthy, sure. is that is that they let something like that get in their head. Okay, so have the Suns been frustrated at some point in time this season with the officiating? <laughs> you might say so. As I laugh, as I say it, ladies and gentlemen, of course, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So if that were the case, where the Suns are fouling, and KD even talked about that, where the Suns are hacking and fouling because they're reaching and not moving their feet as much, and suddenly Devin Booker's not getting the calls that we all think he should get, you have to wonder. That could be the X factor to this series right there. Once again, the one thing, the one haunt of the Phoenix Suns, officiating. Could that be a problem in the postseason with a team that likes to be physical and is more physical? Yeah, could be. Don't think the Clippers aren't going to try to exploit that. Big time. Don't, don't think the Clippers don't know that Big that time. wasn't a, a, a problem for the Suns a few weeks ago. Now, the question is, have the Suns locked it in and said, we're not, we're not, even if that is bothering us, we're not going to show outwardly that it's bothering us. I mean, that was pretty clearly also a talking point for the Suns. James Jones said it. Monty Williams, after they took $20,000 from him, was like, I'm done talking about this. And then Katie said it as well, that they have to not let that be an issue. Yeah, Text- but it doesn't mean you still don't feel it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Jonathan Gannon spoke yesterday as the offseason strength and conditioning program got underway for the Cardinals. So how is he feeling about his new team and the draft that's two weeks away? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! All right, Wolf. Well, that time, that sound right there means it is time. 
for our hottest ticket qualifier, Monica Ruiz from Mesa. Monica, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for Suns playoff tickets for this Sunday's game against the Clippers at 5. If Monica Ruiz from Mesa doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we will open the phone lines to somebody else. And if you didn't hear your name, you can still win by texting ticket to 620-620 and listen for your name in the 5 o'clock hour. Once again, Monica Ruiz from Mesa, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. Man, I love that right there. Well done, Monica Ruiz. Interesting. Fire! Call in and win. Yeah. yeah. Did I say it right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, did. good. Well, you looked at the paper again. No, no. You I picked was, it up uh, like, well, oh, okay. We're waiting to play music um, whenever you're done talking. I like that right there. Fire! In the background. Fire! Okay. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's called radio. Okay. Yes. Okay. You're going to play the air keyboard for a uh, second. Okay, I got some Jonathan Gannon sound. This is okay. a little soft right here. But okay. Is this, I think this is no doubt. I might be wrong. I don't know. Uh, okay. I'm sure if I'm wrong, you'll let me know. This is Jonathan Gannon yesterday talking about uh, addressing his team for the first time. Of course, you were talking about this earlier, Wolf, how much you would love to be in that room because this is, this is look, it's the start of the season from the Cardinals' this perspective. Is it, even though it's you know four and a half months before the first actual regular season game, but but even beyond that, it's it's the start of a whole new era. And if you're Jonathan Gannon, this is your chance to really tell everybody what you want that era to be about. Awesome, yeah, it was cool. We got good guys, so it was uh, it was cool. And I've talked to everybody, you know, but to get them all in one room, and um, you know, you got ten weeks of the offseason program, so I didn't give them everything today, but uh, introduce some things that what I think is important for us as we hit this phase um, in the, the year-long process of an NFL season and uh, my expectations of that and uh, just basically describe to them, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, but we're going to, you know, clearly define everybody's role and what's expected on a day-to-day basis. So um, it was cool. They, uh, they had some good input about it. Oh, this is so cool. This really is. I love talking about this. The philosophy of football right here. If, in fact, I could go to one meeting, if I could do one thing inside a facility building, I would love to go into an offensive line meeting room and watch the offensive line coach grease it up on the board. Okay, that's number one right there. Grease it up on the board. And coaches guys up on how they're going to block a 34 front or a 4-3, whatever it may be. Okay, that that to me is saying, what I would love. If people think Wolf is joking, Wolf has pulled out the grease board during the pre-show meetings <laughs> and drawn up plays <laughs> for exactly Aaron and myself. Right. I, I absolutely miss that so badly, and I'd love to be able to do that again. Sit there and just listen to an NFL coach grease it up on the board. That's number one. Number two. I'd love to hear an NFL coach, a head coach, get up in front of his team and address his team for the first time ever. Oh, man. Address them as a team. You heard JG right there talking about the fact he's he spoke with a lot of these guys individually, one-on-one. But to have every guy, most every guy, in the room, for the first team meeting, oh, man, that'd be number two right there. 
I would love to see that and listen to that because he's going to lay out the culture. He's going to lay out the expectation. He's going to tell you this is who we're going to be. This is who we are. Do you want to play or do you not? Get in line if you do right now. Or as I said earlier when we talked about this, the one thing he could have said, stepped up in front of the microphone and said, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, James Conner? What are you going to do about it, DJ Humphreys? He brought up James Conner, so here's Jonathan Gannon on James Conner. James Conner looked good. Um, Yeah, I thought uh, James looked at that's the one's first one that came to the top of my head watching him do curls with my body weight. But... um, (laughs) She's, uh, we couldn't tackle them when we played you guys, so that's, that wasn't, uh, surprising. But, um, they all look good. They were, they, I, I liked that. I really liked, uh, their tempo that they were working with today, which, um, that's cool because it's day one. So I'll talk to them on Thursday about, well, anyone can do it for four days. Who can do it for 40 days? So, um, but, uh, yeah, James looked really good today. So this is where this gets cool, Wolf, because, you know, there's there's so much talk about this team, and unfortunately, a lot of it hasn't even been about the actual players and coaches this off season. But you know, there's a lot of talk from fans, and and I, you can put me in there with some of this. Of they really haven't added anybody major this off season, and what is the plan going forward? All that stuff. Are you trying to win in two years? Are you are you completely start like what's going on? But if you're Jonathan Gannon, he's looking around yesterday like, okay, these are my guys, and let's. Let's build this into something. Yeah. He has no control really over who's coming in. I'm sure he has some inputs on, on some stuff. But for the most part, these are my players. I'm going to try and mold them into something now. You can hear the excitement in his voice. Yeah, no, it, it's wildly exciting. It really is. I, I, okay, I remember I, I was the worst head coach in the history of junior college football. I, don't, okay. I think I'm sure I there's one that was worse. I, I was. No, I was the worst. As a matter of fact, I, I said, hey, don't forget, guys, we got the two-minute warning coming up here. Okay. There is no two-minute warning, well, of course. you were just testing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just telling you right now, although I love my kids, and I did at Phoenix College, I was the worst head coach in the history of junior college football. But can I tell you right now, the thing that just absolutely absorbed me was the fact that I was going to get to craft a football team the way I wanted to. And I was going to get to set that culture. What we value here and what we don't value. And by the way, we value you walking around modeling that culture and doing it on a daily basis. This to me, I, I, I love the game of football because of the hardship that it presents, because of the brutality that it really presents a human being. And I love the fact that you need discipline inside that locker room. You do. To get through that brutality, discipline by every player. And who's going to model that toughness? Who's going to walk around and be disciplined and do it in front of his teammates? Oh, I can see why JG would be jacked up trying to get in front of his team for the first time. Fired up at that point in time. Uh, join Burns and Gambo at the Top Golf Swing Suite at Gila River Resorts and Casinos this Friday from 2 to 6 p.m. They're going to be giving away Suns playoff T-shirts, water bottles, and backpacks. Plus, you can meet Suns legend Tom Chambers from 5 to 6. So head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details. Must be 21 years and over to attend the event. 
we come back, we'll get back into basketball. The Lakers survived the play-in game. Their path through the West, I mean, nobody's path is easy, but their path through the West isn't all that difficult. But they didn't look good last night at all. Oh, boy. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! Well, if you are hearing this sounder, which you are, that means Monica Ruiz missed her 10-minute window to call in and uh, qualify for the Suns' playoff tickets, which also means we're going to open up the phone lines, Wolf. So give me a caller number. Let's go with the number two, the number of duality. Caller number two into 602-260-9870 right now. You will get the chance to qualify for Suns playoff tickets for Sunday's game one against the Clippers. You have a choice, right or wrong, good or evil. Call or don't. Up or down, black or white. Suns or Clippers. Duality. We are getting some responses to uh, earlier in the show when you said you kind of want to be tased once. <laughs> People are saying you don't want to be tased once. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, once again, <laughs> you know, you don't want your sternum busted either. True. But sometimes out on a football field, it kind of felt good. Maybe. You know, I'm going to take your word for it on that Sometimes, one. You, you know, you, um, I don't know, wipe somebody out and kind of forgot who you were, for a matter of fact, just for a second. And, uh, you know, I'm just saying. I can tell you I've had my ribs busted twice. Yeah. Neither time did it feel good. Really? Including one time right before a vacation to California where yeah. it was unreasonably hot. Oh, man. And I couldn't sneeze or breathe. And everybody else in the trip was like, well, see ya. We're going yeah. to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would suck buttermilk. So then I hobbled out to the beach and had to buy, like, one of those chairs yeah. that you know, like the 85-year-olds sit on because it right. was the only way I could sit on the beach because I couldn't. When you, when you break your ribs, you're fine unless you're standing, sitting, or laying down or breathing. But if you're somehow levitating, you're okay. Yeah. So I had to get one of those chairs and just, like, wow. melt into the sand. Yeah. So, so I would take you've, you've never wondered. About taste no. and being tased. You've never wondered Even about when you that. asked me earlier if I okay. wondered, I still didn't wonder. Yeah, I just, you know. <laughs> I mean. Suck it up. <laughs> so what? Sure you got taste. We can arrange it. We got, we got cameras <laughs> no, As in a here. matter of fact, it's so funny because um, I, I remember a time when the station would not let me do it. As a matter of fact. Would not the let you get tased? Would not let me get tased. <laughs> so you've tried as a matter this of fact. before. No, I, I way, <laughs> way. I'm talking 15 years ago. Yeah, I'm guessing their stance hasn't changed. Um, yeah, well, you know, hopefully now that I'm 60, <laughs> hey, let's get taped. No, that's not going to work. I just want to follow that logic. I, I just, now that I'm 60, hey, hey, hey let's get tased. Yeah, 60, get tased. Um, suck it up, by the way, because I, I, I hear it hurts. Like, it hurts. I mean, judge, judging by the reaction of people that get tased, I never see them be like, hey, thumbs up to the camera. This is pretty cool. You guys are missing out. Well, you know, it's the I, best kept secret. But, but once again, you know, maybe you're just incapacitated immediately where you don't even feel. You just go. You just go where you're immediately in a. You don't feel anything. 
you know, um, or maybe it's not that. Is definitely going up on the website. <laughs> so you, know, you did that, and I feel like both cameras just turned and looked. You gotta at make you. a meme out of that, bro. <laughs> They're going to. Jeremy's like running back to his post right okay, now to cut great. that picture. Uh, did you watch the Lakers game last night? I know you did. I'm asking oh, you anyway. Man, I, yeah, I'm sorry. That was I'm sorry. awful. They, speaking of getting tased, <laughs> <laughs> just watching that game was like getting tased. Yeah. Wow, that was one of the worst basketball games I have seen in a long, long time based on earnings. I'm talking about this is the, the, the best basketball we as people can make. Um, the NBA, and to watch that fourth quarter in particular in, into the overtime, it was brutal. It was like Space Jam. If, if the aliens had flown down and landed and been like, this is as good as they can do, never mind. We'll just leave. We don't need to play basketball against these guys. Um, there was a moment last night where Merrill Kelly was throwing a no-hitter, and the Timberwolves were way up on the Lakers. <laughs> like, oh, this could be fun. And then Merrill Kelly did not throw a no-hitter. Yes. And the Timberwolves never scored again after that. Speaking of taste. <laughs> I think they got shut out in the second half. That was rough to watch. Now, there's two ways to look at this. The Lakers' path, and the only reason I'm even bringing up their path is because nationally there are a lot of people who are like, well, you know, the Lakers, they're obviously going to win the title. That's the trendy pick for some reason. Um, their path through the Western Conference is Memphis now because they're the seventh seed. It's Memphis without Steven Adams. So it, is that easier than playing the Suns or the Warriors or Denver? Yeah, probably. Um, then their path <laughs> after that would be either Golden State or Sacramento. Uh, it's not easy, but it's easier. But <laughs> I don't know, Wolf. I watched that game last night. That, that didn't look like a team was going to beat anybody. I was just going to say, Luke, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter after watching last night. Not if they play like that if, again. If they play like that, um, I, I don't think it's going to matter at all who the Lakers are going to play. Um this, once again, was to me bizarre is the only way to truly describe it. When you think the Lakers scored 19 points in the fourth quarter, 19 themselves. And they were down seven going into the fourth. And in the T-Wolves scored 12 points. <laughs> and as you said, you know, before you actually sent Mike Conley to the line because he got fouled on the last play. The last play, literally, the last shot taken, he was fouled by Anthony Davis. The game was over until Anthony Davis hacked Mike Conley on a three, a corner three, which, you got to be kidding me, it went off the side of the backboard. I've never seen anything like that. It's just a blatant disregard for the end of the game. It was like Anthony Davis was trying to throw it. And I know that he wasn't trying to throw it. But how do you foul him on that shot? He at least, you know, he had statistically a good game, 24 and 15. He was kind of the guy taking over if anybody took over in the fourth quarter. I mean, again, they, the Lakers, there was, tw- there was 31 total points in the fourth quarter of this game. Think about what you just said. The Lakers went into the fourth down seven, and they scored 19 points. Okay, well, they lost. Yeah. No, actually, they tied it, sent it to overtime, and won. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then, of course, um, you had all the turnovers in this game. I I just basically think about this for a minute as I say this. The T-Wolves had 24 turnovers. (laughs) Would you say that was driving um, everybody mad who was a T-Wolves fan? Can you imagine? 24 I'm not even turnovers. a T-Wolves fan. How sloppy that was. Well, the Lakers had 21 themselves. It, it was not easy to watch. 45 
turnovers in this game. It felt like all of them happened in the fourth quarter and beyond. Well, there was Brutal. there was a moment in the fourth quarter where y- y- you kind of... You couldn't inbound the ball. Yeah, you're watching the game and you're like, okay, Minnesota can't hit a shot. Like, they just can't hit a shot. I know the Lakers' defense has gotten better, you know, midway through the season, and that's, that's the only reason that you could kind of legitimately say maybe they're going to be a, a tough out in the playoffs. But... <laughs> Some of that was Minnesota forgot how to shoot, and yet it was still 95-90. And so you're, you're like, okay, they can't hit a shot. LeBron's going to take over. Anthony Davis is going to take over. And they just really didn't. Anthony Davis kind of did, but it was just more so the Timberwolves just never scored any more points. And so eventually the Lakers very slowly tied them because, like you just said, they kept turning the ball over on their inbound. Like the last two minutes of the game, it was like, okay, who's going to score next? Well, nobody, because they can't even get a shot off. Then it looked like the Lakers had won. Then they fouled Mike Conley. The bottom line is the Lakers move on. But here's the other half of this, Wolf. Minnesota still <laughs> isn't out of it. Think about Minnesota's last few days. You had Rudy Gobert punch right. Kyle Anderson, get himself suspended for that okay. game last night. Yeah. By the way, what you were talking about yesterday, if I'm a teammate of Rudy Gobert, I'm looking at him today like, yeah, we'd probably yeah. win that game if you're available. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, not only that, what are you doing? Punching him and stepping away. What are you doing? Oh, that's the bigger thing. That's the bigger question to me right now. How do how do his teammates look at Rudy Gobert? Probably worse today than they did yesterday. Oh my goodness, yes, Luke, yes. Say yes. Did you win that game if he's you, there? You basically tried to sucker punch a, a one of your teammates and then backed up and just walked away. Okay. So you had that happen. <laughs> Bad. You, you had Jaden McDaniels punch a wall and fracture his hand. You had them play, and they they played well in the first half last night. Anthony Edwards oh, never did. Anthony Edwards, I'm convinced oh, that goodness. wasn't Anthony Edwards, to be honest. But so they never, they, they play that sort of game. They're just the strangest team in the, left in these playoffs, and yet they're still in it. If they beat either New Orleans or uh, Oklahoma City, whoever wins that matchup tonight, Minnesota's still in the playoffs. They'll be the eighth seed. They'll play against Denver. But they are just a, an anomaly of a team, and just it's, it feels like they've been eliminated four times in the last three days, and yet they're yeah. still going, kind of. You need to understand this, based on means. Anthony Edwards played 43 minutes, 43 minutes in this game. He was 3 of 17 from the floor. It's not great. 0 of 9 from beyond the arc, 3 of 17 from the floor. If he goes 4 of 17, they win. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. There were points where it looked like in the game, if you didn't know better, he was throwing the game. It looked like he had never shot a basketball before. He's still Anthony Edwards moving the ball up the floor, but it looked like, hey, this guy's never actually tried shooting before. Let's see what he does. Uh, and we're talking about one of the best young players in the NBA, by the yes. way, too. Like, he's a legitimately really good player. But if you only watched him last night, you're probably shaking your head like, no, nah, that guy's terrible. Uh, we come back, which NFL draft prospects hold the skills that matter the most to us? Okay, we played this game earlier. We're going to play it with corners when we come back. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.